Welcome to the Building Black podcast, where our mission is to build Black health, Black wealth, and Black love. And so today we'll be focusing on that Black wealth as we talk with a professional in the HR field, Ms. Rachel Ramsey. She's the owner of Measured HR. But before I introduce Rachel, Marv, yes. how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I can't complain. We're going into the weekend some exciting things coming up and I'm really excited about our guests and just all the information that we've been able to soak in. I'm taking notes as we talk to our guests. So it's always good to learn. Mm -hmm. So our guest for today, as I said, her name is Rachel Ramsey. She's the owner of Measured HR, which is a consulting group designed for small businesses that are on the cusp of growth. Rachel knows what she's doing. She's been in the game for about 15 years in the hospitality industry as an executive chef, general manager, HR director, and she's worked for such companies as Sodexo, Sodexo Major Food Group, Union Square Hospitality Group, and she's won national awards for her diversity diversity and inclusion initiatives. Um, One thing that I really admire about her company is that She's dedicated to building healthy and diverse teams. And I imagine that, Rachel, when you are working with, you know, you're you're consulting with people, you are making diversity something that they should be aware of as they're growing their small companies. Absolutely. It's for me, it's a focus point. um, And it's, it's, it's pivotal, especially in the climate that we're in right now. Right. 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 So, you know, this is a good time for us to have you on because both Marv and I are in the process of, of hiring. Marv has her company. Marv, go ahead and give me a shout out. I definitely will. Um, my company is called So Fresh So Clean Cleaning Services. So anybody in the New Jersey area needing service, you can definitely hit us up at um, uh, sfccleaners at gmail.com. SF, wait a minute. Now, what's the, how S- do they find you? SFSC cleaners. Okay. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. And, you know, I'm also hiring for my practice, Serenity Wellness and Therapy. And as we are hiring, we're seeing all kinds of foolishness. Tell me a little bit back. We're trying to, Marv, you have some stories. You know, you just, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, you think people would have certain things down by now mm-hmm. as far as like your resume, you know, getting rid of some of those typos, making sure your timeline adds up. You know, you can't be hiring for a job in 18. You just gra- graduated from, from high school right. and you have 20 years experience. It, it just can't happen. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense. So just those types of things where it's like, okay, um, we need to do a little bit better. And it's just kind of across the board, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So we want to know, you know, what are some of the mistakes that people make when they're trying to get hired and what you're saying? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, everything that you said, Marvelin, um, and that you experienced is fairly common. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was recruiting full time, 
I would probably post about maybe three to four different jobs per week and I would get thousands of resumes. Right. And so, you know, mm. having to sift through all of that, uh, it really shows you just how unprepared many people are to get into the um, interview process. And, and so, you know, I am still seeing just all those very basic um, issues, like, like, as you said, resume coming to interviews late, um, not being prepared. Um, you know, one of the funniest things I saw recently, um, I was watching one of my favorite shows and, um, the main character, she was being courted by this company and she th went into the interview. She thought that she was going to, you know, just start that day. And once she met with the employer, um, they said, okay, so, you know, pitch me some ideas. And she was flabbergasted. Like, what do you mean? I thought that you wanted me. I thought that I didn't have to do anything but, but walk in the door. Um, and that's not the case. So my first tip for people who are going through this process of interviewing and, um, and trying to understand what to do um, is be prepared. Come in prepared with not only your resume and your experience, knowing what is exactly on your resume. Um, but all, I mean, <laughs> I, it's sad that we have to say that, but that is the case. You need to know and be truthful about what's on your resume. And it should match from social media, if you have a LinkedIn, to your resume, right? We can tell if those things are um, different, right? Um, so it needs to match. It should be, it should be the same. Um, but you should also be prepared to ask questions, right? Like if you are coming in for a job, um, this is a relationship. This is, you have to like us, we have to like you. And so if you're mm -hmm. coming in for a role, you should be asking questions. You should be inquiring about what we are, what we do as a company um, or you know, what the job is all about the nuances that would make this job the right fit for you. If you're not doing that, nine times out of 10, I'm thinking um, that you are not invested in this process. Um, and so that those are some of the things that I wanna see and I, <laughs> that I haven't been seeing enough of when I'm hiring. Hmm. What about social media? Mm -hmm. You mentioned LinkedIn. What, what are the mistakes people are making oh, on their well, LinkedIn? The, the, I mean, not that social media in general. So I would say from LinkedIn mm -hmm. to Instagram to Facebook. So first things first, we utilize social media to look at candidates. That's that's the reality, right? Mm -hmm. So all of most people's mm -hmm. pages are public, um, and if they are public, that means that they are for anyone to view. And so you know, anyone can go type your name in and see what's on there. Um, so what I find that what I see often is um, people using derogatory language um, and, you know, having explicit things on their social media sites that do not line up with the values of the company in which they're applying for, right? <laughs> so no, no mm. company that you're applying for. For instance, when I was with Sodexo, you know, Sodexo was a like, number one for years in diversity and inclusion. Um, employer in the country, right? And so if you have anti-Semitic uh, slurs on your page, you know, uh, anti-Black, you're anti-everything, right? Don't 
please do not apply for a job at Sodexo, right? Because they're going to see that. And when we look at that, it's not going to align with the culture and the values um, that, that, that they're looking for. Um, I think now employers nowadays are looking for well-rounded candidates. They're not just looking for someone who checks the box and someone who, um, you know, has the background, quote unquote. They want more. They want the X factor. They want to know that this person is going to fit in to the culture. Um, and that's an easy way to weed people out. So, you know, you know, whether it's like mm-hmm. I said, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's, it's Instagram, Facebook, just be cognizant of what you're putting out there and be proud to stand behind what you're putting out there. Or I would say at the very least, like with Instagram, right. you can keep it private <laughs> where they can't see. I mean, least, right. At least if you be don't smart want people, about listen, it. Listen, if you want to do whatever you want to do, keep it private. No problem. That's not my business. Mm-hmm. But when it's, once it's public and then even worse, once you put it on your resume, I have seen people put their LinkedIn, their Instagram, all that contact information on their resumes. And so it, mm. it's like a direct link. I will take, I'm sure you're telling me you're inviting me to look at it. And so I am. So, okay. you know, that's all interesting. I love how you mentioned how it's a relationship between you and the company. I think that we forget to look at it that way. Um, so in your experience, what are some things that our people, Black people do that are that's getting in their way, in our way? What would you say? Yeah, don't don't oh. take it easy on them, Rachel. Don't take it easy. Step on, on some toes. Be real. We need so help. that's a great mm-hmm. question. Um, I'm not gonna take it easy on this. Listen, we, you you need an insider, and that was one of the the biggest things that I loved. Um, when I was interviewing people, I would give tips. I would give feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, m- many recruiters do do not do that, and I think this is a disservice to people um, because you want to know. People want to know why. And they need to do better. If you really value someone's time throughout this process, you want to let them know what the deal mm-hmm. is. So um, something that we do, Black people do, is number one, you become too familiar. So, okay, I am interviewing you. I'm a sister. <laughs> beautiful. Yes, I'm Black. Right? But you do not need to change into becoming like a totally unprofessional person. Why? Mm. Because... I, I need to know that you're going to remain professional with not only black people, with not only white people, you, you're going to remain professional across the board. It doesn't mean that we can't like give a little wink to each other, like, and say, yeah, you know, we can talk about our experience and, um, and, and have a shared experience, but you need to remain professional. I don't want to hear about, you know what, girl, I was running here and, you know, my uncle, he, he had my car and my cousin. I don't, I don't need to know all of that. I don't need to know that. <laughs> and, and, and you would never do it to another interviewer, right? You right. would do it in, in that space. Um, so do not become too familiar. It, it really kills, um, it, it kills the experience. Um, the second thing I would say is don't lie about what your skills are. I am the type of recruiter that I will essentially quiz you. Mm, um, you tough on them, Rachel. <laughs> I mean, listen, <laughs> and especially since I was, you know, I, I specialize in hospitality and I've done the jobs. So mm. if I'm hiring for a role, I've probably done that role. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am in, during the interview process, my thing is, it's show and tell. 
I want to understand that you can do what you say you can do. And mm. so there are some very specific things that I will will say. And even now having my own consultant firm, I will tell if I have a recruiter working for me, I'm going to give them specific questions to ask that person. Um, and so if, if you've put something on your resume and honestly, you don't, you don't, you're not hundred percent proficient in it. That's okay. But at least know enough to be conversational about it. Mm-hmm. Do not put something on there that you have never heard of that, that, that is, that's really, really, really bad. Um, and the last thing I would say is just checking. Yes. Your formatting, um, checking for typos, those type of things um, that, that normally gets in our way. And sometimes the dress um like you know you're presenting yourself you need to present yourself no matter what in the most professional way that you can i'm not Mm -hmm. saying have a suit i'm not telling you to you know go buy something you don't have to but the most professional way that you can present yourself clean neat that that's what i'm looking for um at the end of the day so those are some of the things i've seen working it honestly in predominantly um, black areas and hiring a large amount of African-Americans um, that those are the things I've seen. Just, just lying stuff on just, resume. Just, just, no, straight up lying. I mean, <laughs> let's just, just call it what it is. Straight and up lying. It's, 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 yeah. Sometimes it's funny. I, I'll be honest. Sometimes I have to just not laugh in the interview, but I will tell, like I said, feedback. I will tell someone you don't, you don't have that skill. <laughs> Why are you using that? Um, and many people have been very surprised mm. that I would give them that feedback. But I want them to do better the next time. I want them to, to, to learn something from this experience and not just let it be another job that didn't call them back and they don't know why. But I mean, or that you get the job and, and you can't, can't perform. <laughs> you can't do right, it. You know, that's, that's right. another thing that will, you know, that, that's, mm-hmm. That makes us take a step back, right? That's like, okay, we hired the black person and they suck. That is not helpful. <laughs> but I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. I've put some stuff right. on my resume that I wasn't, that, that I felt like I'll be able to figure out. But can you I'll, speak to it though? Yes. Could you speak? There because we I feel like I could get in there and be able to, I've had a little bit of experience, but uh-huh. I can talk to you about it. So I've put things on my resume now. I hope none, none of my old uh, <laughs> they might be listening. listening, but I put some stuff <laughs> on my resume where I knew that yeah, I'll be able to get in this job and I'll be able to figure it out and I'll be able to talk my way through it. I'll be honest with you. That's yeah, that's but that's fine. My my yeah. whole thing is during the process, mm-hmm. if that interviewer calls you on the carpet, you should be able to speak to that thing too. I mean, at the very basic level and be able to, you know, just have a conversation about it because right. they have the right to ask you about it. That's all I'm saying. They have right. a right to ask you about it in the event that they see it on your resume. So Absolutely. be careful. Don't put like, I'm a horse trainer and you have only worked <laughs> in the kitchen. Like, what do you... <laughs> Ain't been around a horse and ever. Right. You don't know the first, you, you first thing the about like, training horses. You know horses. what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's the type of ridiculous stuff I'm talking about. Like, gotcha. just, just out of the box. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it is, you should back be able it to up. talk about it absolutely in some kind of way. Yeah. Be prepared. Okay. 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 So you know, mm-hmm. once you've gotten the job and you're hired, you're in there. You've been in there for a little while. You want to start leveling up, and you know, we talked about this last week 
and our show about getting the love and, and life that you deserve, your ability to advocate for yourself is essential. Your ability to, to ask for what you need, to know what your needs are. So how can a person go about trying to get the raise, trying to get the promotion and really positioning themselves um, I mean, for that? It's a process really uh, with, with positioning yourself for that next role. Um, I would say that the first step for me is always understanding um, the core competencies of the next level, right? So for instance, if you are um, looking to be a manager, right? And right now you're a supervisor. What are the core competencies of an of a actual manager? Um, and when I mean core competencies, those are like the, the skills that make a great manager. And so for instance, do you have financial acumen? Can you, are you, so are you good with numbers? Can you maintain a budget? Um, and so once you figure those things out and you can, re- you can get that by asking HR for a job description. So for me, that's the first step you can take. You need to understand what the competencies are for the next level. Um, and if you have all of those things, first of all, kudos to you. That's great. Right. Um, I, like to then try to surround myself with those type of people. So again, we go back to the supervisor. If I am looking to be a manager, I am going to stick like glue to my manager, right? I'm going to ask for more responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, hey, um, you know, what is there something that I can learn or something I can take off your plate? Um, I would say a good percentage of, of, of work that you can take off of a manager's plate is about 5%, right? If you can learn 5% of their role, um, that's going to help you in the next, in the next role. And after that, for me, that's when the money conversation happens, right? So a lot of people start, they like, okay, I want to level up. That's it. And I'm going to ask for a raise to me. That doesn't really Mm -hmm. make you number one, worthy of a raise. Number two, um, have the skills that go along with that. And so once you get to that point where, okay, now I want to talk money. Now I want to um, negotiate something here, whether it be negotiating the salary for a new role or old role or or old company. um, You, number one, need to know what you're asking for. And what I mean by that is this. Understand what the market dictates, right? How much does a a general manager make in my market? Right. So every market is different. And whether you're in New York, North Carolina, Atlanta, Texas, California, whatever, there is a different level of pay for that market. And so you need to recognize what that what that is. And then on top of that, understand what are some other extras that you may have. Right. If you have if you bring a master's degree to the table, that's worth more. If you bring 20 years of experience to the mm-hmm. table, that's worth more. And so you want to understand the value that you, not only that you have, um, but the value that you can get out of a specific market. And and also, would you say, depending on the kind of role, but let's say some kind of a sales position and you brought a lot of mm-hmm. value and money into the company, would you say that you should come to 
the table with some of those oh, yeah. numbers so you can kind of justify yeah, so that's my, why you're my asking next, for next what you're point, asking. Heidi, and you, you segue right into it. Um, you need to be prepared to justify your ask. So a manager <laughs> should always say, well, why, why, why do you deserve this salary? Whether we know it or not, like I knew certain, certain employees deserved certain things. And some, some got raises by me saying, yes, I'm going to give you a raise. Um, and some asked for it. So, you know, as your the, your manager knows whether or not you really deserve that. Um, and so you, you got to be prepared to justify mm-hmm. it. You have to come, yes, with a list of things um, based upon your scope of work. And you need to be prepared to um, negotiate. Um, I know negotiating sometimes is really, really scary. Um, but I would say you have mm-hmm. to be brave and courageous when you're fighting for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we are often brave and courageous when we're fighting for others outside of ourselves. But when it comes to doing things for ourselves, we get nervous, we shrink back. And that is, that's going to be evident, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be evident when you walk into that room. Um, and so you, you, you must know, you write a list. Don't be afraid. Pull, pull out your phone and <laughs> write a list. Write, on, write some notes and say, hey, mm-hmm. this, I've helped you with this. Hey, I was a team leader here. I, Mm -hmm. you know, these are the things that I contribute to this organization. And I want to understand, you know, if you value them or not, because quite frankly, there are other jobs. I know we're, you know, we're dealing in a crazy market right now and there's COVID going on, but um, there, there are other jobs that will value you. Um, but you have to be courageous in order to step out there and say, you know, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. Just just like in a relationship. <laughs> she's going, she going in today, Rachel. We're going to leave it alone. Okay? It all <laughs> comes back to relationships. Don't it, Lord. You know we're what? We're not going to go there today, y'all. We're going to leave that alone. I feel like at the what end you... of the day, you know what? Everything comes back to communication yeah. and being proactive about things. <laughs> That's Absolutely. I feel like in everything. Huh? Absolutely. What you are requiring. Yes, like in yes. everything. What you are requiring. Um, so yeah, I just mm-hmm. I th- those for me are the things. And one more point I want to talk about with negotiating like a salary or a raise, be um careful to negotiate the entire job offer. And what do I mean by that? I mean that you want to negotiate not only salary, money, you want to negotiate health insurance. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you, your entire compensation mm-hmm. package makes sense for you. Are you going to be able to work from home some days? Like wh- what What do you want and what do you need? You might be I mean, surprised mm-hmm. at what a company will do um, and what they won't do. I know that, um, you know, one of my mentors told me to um, try to negotiate um, a a percentage of the company and that mm. was something I had never heard of before and as a black woman mm. um mm. I was quite quite I was surprised I was like really really she was like yes you can you know come to the table and say this is what I want I'm not really concerned with money um right in a right now I want to I'm committed to this this company and I want um some equity and so that that come on, yes, I, yeah. it was, That's it a was, it was the most boss thing I've ever heard <laughs> in, in in HR. I was like, what? And it made me think about 
like what I what I had been doing for years. And so, I mean, it was a learning moment for myself. And I said, wow, like I could have asked for more. I could have done more, but it was it was a great time for me to say, I'm going to now share that knowledge, right? Like I'm going to give that out to other people because yeah. we can have more. And this is what our counterparts are doing. Mm. Okay. Our, our, all of our counterparts mm-hmm. are, are doing this and they're being successful at it. 75% of people who ask for a raise get a raise. Mm. Right. And so we need to stop feeling the trepidation and really go into it. Um, you know, it, nervousness is okay, but do not be fearful to go for what you want well that actually um you actually opened the door for my mm-hmm. next question and that question is so what are we doing wrong what are we doing that's getting in our way as far as you know you're talking about negotiating you're basically talking about leveling up what are we doing wrong that you would say in your experience well i would say it's not necessarily like we're doing something wrong Okay. But I feel that we don't have as much knowledge as we could have. Okay. And that's the issue. Um, because honestly, I, I know a lot of black people, black people in corporate America, you know, that are really doing their thing, bossing up, leveling, leveling up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. But I think that what we need to get back to is mentorship. Um, mm-hmm. We need to get back to uh, really taking someone by the hand and saying, okay, this is how I did it. Mm-hmm. And I will show you now how to do it. And this, and, and we also need to be, I mean, I love, the, the, we're on the black podcast right now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. Right. Uh, but I also, mm-hmm. also ha- I also have friends <laughs> that are not black, right? I need to talk to them. I need to mm-hmm. hear what they're doing. I need to be a fly on the wall. Right. And I need to understand what tactics they are using um, because for some reason, right, you see them consistently, consistently going for what they want. Um, I, 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 so I find that we, we settle sometimes, like mm-hmm. we settle for having a job, just having a job. Mm-hmm. We settle for just having a senior level position. Why not director, right? Why not? Absolutely. So we kind of settle. And, but I think it's really because we don't know how to navigate it. And mm-hmm. it's fair because no one has told us or taught mm-hmm. us anything um, about it. And so, you know, mentorship is 100% the most important facet um, to moving forward in a company and even in an industry. I think that it's also fear. On yeah. our part. We, you know, we might be fe- uh, fearful of losing the job. You know, I've been on a job and saw this young lady go into her boss's office, tell her that um, if I do not get promoted, I will be leaving. Mm-hmm. And within a month's time, she was promoted. So those are the type of things where yeah. you know, she was bold and knew what she was doing Absolutely. and knew that if she didn't get promoted, she would be leaving. And sure enough, a month later, the email went out <laughs> with you know, her, her new title, mm-hmm. her new, you know what I mean? Her mm-hmm. new credentials, everything like that. But I think a lot of times we're fearful of making those bold movements, but right. it's like you're saying though, we, we, if we value ourselves enough, if we know our value with that company and what we've done for the company, we can do so. Absolutely. Our, and I, again, our counterparts do it all the time. You right. know, I had a, just similar to that story. I had a um, direct report that went around me because mm. we didn't have a great relationship on not not from my part 
but um, she went around me and said, oh, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm going to leave because I want this and I want that. Um, and I mean, I found it to be so ridiculous that she had the balls, to be quite honest, to do that. To go up um, and man, yeah. Yes, and, but <laughs> it happens every single day. But I know many people, you know, African-American people, we won't do it, right? We would right. never do that. We would never even think of doing that. Right. But she didn't care. She could care less. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, there is a fearfulness there. There is, you know, a wanting to be modest, wanting mm-hmm. to be quiet and not be boastful and, and loud and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fearful of all those negative stereotypes. But at the end of the day, um, you have to do what's best for you. And I would never advocate for somebody to go be crazy, but um, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you got to be strong. You got to be bold. You have to be courageous when you're working, when you're, when you're looking to progress your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, I would always like to tie in how our experiences as oppressed people kind of affect our advancement in the areas that we're talking about on the show. And this can apply for both black people, but also women. And I know we have male and female listeners, mostly females, but I think the men men need to understand how these things disproportionately affect women. So, you know, I read an article in Essence magazine a few years ago where they said that the, the style of parenting for black parents um, of, you know, not challenging authority and, you know, because I said so and children are to be seen and not heard. They tracked that and they found mm-hmm. that parents that parent in that style, it creates a dynamic where once their kids become adults and get into the workplace, they are much less likely to challenge authority and to ask for what they need and to, you know, let their voices be heard and advocate for themselves. And even more so if they're women as a result of, you know, living under the conditions of patriarchy where you're, if you are, if you ask for something or if you toot your own horn, then you're seen as a bitch or you're mm-hmm. seen as, you know, too aggressive. So, so that kind of conditioning prevents mm-hmm. us from going after what we need. And we have to recognize both in how we, not only in our own actions, but also in how we raise our kids you know, it, it's it's nice to have a quiet kid that's not going to fight you as a parent. Right. But at the same time, you want mm-hmm. them to have a little bit of fire. So when they right. get out there in the world, they're going to do what they need, need to, to do. How to advocate for yourself. Right. And that can start at home. So do you see more so... Um, more of these issues with women I'm just curious because I do a lot of women's empowerment do you see more issues with women where they're not saying here's my list of things I've done I deserve this or you know I want this raise and I deserve it because xyz are you are you finding there's a disparity between men and women or maybe women aren't even putting themselves in the pot well you know what my personal experience has been that I've really been surrounded especially in business by really strong women. Um, So I can say I have seen it in other, like, you know, secondhand, but in my personal experiences, and honestly, they have, these are the women that have pushed me along. Um, They have, they have, they have Mm -hmm. been aggressive and assertive with what they want. 
um, and unapologetic, to be quite honest. And they have taught me a lot <laughs> because uh, when mm. I first started working in corporate America, I, 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 you know, I was like, well, let me be quiet. I'm not going to say nothing. I, I'm, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with the flow. Um, and then I had my first female boss and it really changed my perspective because she did not care. She didn't care. She, she's, you know, she, she stood in a room full of men and, um, and then also pushed me to the forefront in those same rooms. And that was, you know, scary for me as a young black, you know, woman. It was, I had all, all these things going on, but, um, I, you know, I, I, I can say that mm-hmm. my personal experience has been that, um, just, I just haven't, I haven't had, I haven't had that experience, but I know that it is true. I know that I have seen, um, many women not go for those jobs, um, you know, stay or stay in the same jobs for 20, 30 years, um, oh. and, and not want it to, to, to progress. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would encourage all of the women out there who are listening to really just go for what you want. Um, think about it, figure it out and figure out what makes you happy and then, and, and do that. So, so let's say that, you know, these women, they hear this, they take your advice, they go after what they want. They know they've deserved it. They know they've worked hard and, and a raise is justified or a promotion is justified and they ask for it. But, you know, mm-hmm. Susie, the white woman who, you know, is 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 less experienced um ends up getting the promotion or getting the raise even though she's doing much less work um you know in in that systemic kind of racism that you can't quite put your hands on it's an example of that how would you recommend from a pr perspective that black employees handle that type of discrimination, systemic racism, well, and microaggressions so that happen it, in the workplace. Been, you know, coming up more often, um, you know, specifically microaggressions. And I find it very interesting because I think people are not wanting to be labeled as just pure racist. I <laughs> mean, um, that I honestly, but mm-hmm. they are, they, they are like, well, right. maybe these are microaggressions that we are experiencing. So, I think that there is some clear differences there, right? Uh, so I would say if you are experiencing like blatant racism, meaning someone is saying you are black, you nigger, whatever, like things like that, that is something that is like level three, go to your HR office immediately, report it, right? Um, but microaggressions are a lot trickier. Because a lot of times when someone is saying something, they, number one, are, they want to, they say it as a joke, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or number two, they are, um, they're really not aware of why what they're saying is wrong. Um, And it's it's interesting because it is Mm -hmm. so ingrained in that person to to think that what they're saying is correct but you know it's it obviously it's not um and so my the first step for me is you know when you hear something um or if you if you are experiencing a microaggression um i say you really need to number one take a take a step back right so breathe often we get pissed super pissed rightfully so I am not telling anyone that they cannot be pissed about mm-hmm. uh, someone having uh, saying something that's that's racist to them, underlying racist. 
definitely not. Um, but I am saying that, you know, you do need to remember that you are, you are at work. And instead of giving them that um, satisfaction or, you know, or giving them that stereotype, quote, unquote, I'm mad thing, um, you want to educate first. So, you know, I want to, so the first thing, you know, take a deep breath, hold on, you know, and then decide if you want to respond. I'm pretty sure all of us now, we want to respond because everyone is listening. So that's a great thing that we have um, going for us right now. Um, after that, you want to, you want to take away the assumption that there is malicious intent. Like I said, Sometimes there is, sometimes it's just pure ignorance, right? <laughs> so um, if you mm-hmm. approach that microaggression um, from the perspective of, you know, this is this may not be malicious. And so, I, you know, I want to tell you what's, what's, what's going on. Um, then it, it, it can, the conversation can, can, can go a little better. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, after that, you really want to discuss and tell that person why that microaggression, um, what, what, you know, why what they said is wrong, right? So, for instance, one of the ones I hear a lot is, um, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you don't speak Spanish? And that's to, like, a Hispanic person. Um, <laughs> I've seen that all the time. Like, what do you mean you don't speak Spanish? Like, they could, it, like it, they're flabbergasted at the fact that a, someone who is from Hispanic or a Latin descent does not speak Spanish. Um, and so when you hear that, you want to say, you want to let them know, like, that is wrong. Stop them in the moment. Like, you want to stop the person in the moment and let them know that you can't, that you cannot say that to me. And of course, they're going to ask you why. And you want to explain that, just because I am black, uh, a woman, um, you know, I am a Christian, I am gay, whatever. Just because you know what, what? Just because I have whatever outward appearance, it does not mean that I check every single box in that in what you believe is that thing. So if you believe that all black people are thuggish and they do not speak well. You know, like, like that's what you believe, but it doesn't mean that my me being able to articulate myself is other than black, mm. right? You know, it, it, that Absolutely. that's the, that's the mm-hmm. problem. Um, really, at the end of the day, I feel like microaggressions um, they nullify individuality, right? Mm. Um, and what they 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 allow people to to really perpetuate the prejudice and the preconceived notions that we see all day um and the preconceived notions are just a symptom of systemic racism right you know you mm-hmm. believe you you believe that because right. you it's been ingrained in you to believe that and it, it, it right and implicit bias as, as exactly. or internal right bias, you know you what, what has been your experience Mm-hmm. Um, with 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 black people, but honestly, to be quite honest, I feel like many people have not had poor experiences with with the person or the or, or the you know that they're they're that they are perpetuating the racism towards. Right? They mm-hmm. haven't had negative experiences. It's just well, I think that all black people are this way. So why aren't you this way? Right. And, 
But Rachel, you all these things are, you know, these suggestions Mm -hmm. are kind of put the onus on the black person. Is there anything that the company is responsible for to to address these microaggressions or to address when a black person feels like there's some kind of implicit oh, bias and that's I mean, the reason why they're I'm not talk- getting that was just a about the moment that it happens but you in order for a company to okay. well it's, it's two part your question is two part in order for if you're talking about a company addressing a specific instance then that's one case that would mean that that employee has mm-hmm. gone to the employer right and so i think that in order for an employee to do that, there really needs to be some type of um, trust in the HR department. Um, and you need to, you have to be able to have that conversation and say, this is what happened to me. And this is why this is not okay with me. And then the HR department is responsible for then moving forward if they're going to, you know, have an employee a conversation, whatever they're going to do as a, as a result of that complaint. Um, I, I do find that often people don't want to complain mm-hmm. about it because they're like, oh, it's not that bad. Um, but if we had more people trusting in the HR process, we would be able to really um, show the impact training could give, right? So that's going into the second part, right? So it is the company's responsibility to address DNI and DEI before things happen. Right. It should at this point, DNI has been put on the back burner and it's coming to the forefront now because of all that's been happening. But the reason why it was put on the back burner is because that it costs money. Hmm. Right. And yeah, diversity and inclusion or diversity is diversity and, and, inclusion. and inclusion. Okay. And mm-hmm. if and if a company is not invested okay. in what 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 DEI can give you. Um, and how that how it can how it can promote your business and how it can um, make your business thrive, then there really isn't much you can do. A company a company has to make a conscious decision to invest not only in their people but in the culture of the company. So if the culture is one where it is oppressive and it is, um, you know, it's racist and they do nothing about it. That's probably not a company that you want to be at in the first place. Um, because I, for me, it's always starting at the top. It always, every consultation that I have, I do a pre con, a pre call and I say, I want it to be a key stakeholder call. And the reason why I do that is because if it's just one person, on in a, in the lower ranks that is looking for help and they contract me that's great but it has to have leadership buy-in mm-hmm. at the end of the day it has to have it and um i can't make any significant impact or change or hr or your hr department can't make any significant impact or change unless the leadership wants it and so yes i think that companies 100% should own um, especially in this climate but besides that like in general needs to own how they can um, how they can include groups that have been marginalized Um, to be quite honest like 
you know, studies have shown like that mm-hmm. having more diverse teams really it boosts your sales. It boosts your it, it boosts your um your 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 decision making processes. It gives you um just a, a, a competitive edge. And so if you if those studies are true, in which they mm-hmm. are, right? You know, just having more different minds in a room, the type of conversations that you have are just totally different. And the ideas that come out of that out of that room are going to be different. And so if absolutely. And also the checks and balances too. Like a lot of these campaigns that have come out that have really gotten slammed in the media or being offensive was because there was no black people or Spanish people and that's why you have on to the team. Speak up too. You have exactly. To you have that, to be able to speak up. But you know, that's a that's a whole nother rabbit hole. <laughs> but, right. That is, it is. But I think that when we go, if we're gonna take it back, I'll take mm-hmm. it back for a moment. When you're doing the interview process, you need to kind of see see if you can tell what the work culture is because that is Agreed. going to dictate dictate everything that you're going to experience in that company and that's why it's important to you know when you go in to kind of observe and, and mm-hmm. ask those questions and probe you know? and, and probe. find out Absolutely. Yeah, find out how, what's the percentage of <laughs> diverse people on right. the leadership council or the boards right and also how long have they been on come on Yes. You know, that's another thing, mm. too. If they've been on for 20, 20, 30, some of these people have been <laughs> on these boards and, and leadership for like 30, 30 years. No, because sometimes that thinking has been going on for so long. It's going to be hard to change. Uh, yeah, that's you 100% know? true. Yeah, yeah. It, it, for, mm. it's a multi yeah. It's such a layered thing yeah. when mm-hmm. you're dealing with stuff in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't want people to think that you have to do all the work absolutely not um but you if it's happening to you in the moment you definitely speak up and say Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah yeah no and I mean Mm -hmm. I like what you said initially was breathe I mean that's what I have to tell my clients you know you have to regulate your own system Mm -hmm. so that then you can go about it in a mind but if you're being if you're consistently being triggered by your emotions at work that's a problem is that the environment I want to be in? Absolutely. Right. Right. I just, I feel like this really just, again, Marv ties back mm-hmm. into our, our topic from last week of getting the love yes. and life you deserve because what we're talking about is values. And you, you know, maybe Rachel, you tell me if you agree with this, asking the mm-hmm. company maybe in that initial mm-hmm. interview, what are some of the company values and see what they say and see if that if their values are in alignment with your own values because if you want to get a certain salary you want to get a promotion or you want to just feel like you're in the position you deserve to be in you need to know what your values are and then see if the company's values match with that if they don't say diversity and inclusion is a value um or, or anything absolutely i mean a little you, bit like you, it then the that's day, something to pay attention if you're walking to. into a situation um and you know what you're getting um and then then you can't be surprised now i i also don't want to discourage people from going into companies and trying to be a change maker that's always something that needs to happen but again you can't make any changes i'll mm-hmm. tell you a story there was a, tell you about a job i had um, a, a while ago, I they told me in an interview that they wanted to make changes. They wanted to streamline their processes. They wanted to do so many different things. I was like, yes, I'm signing on. Sounds great. Amazing. 
I get there and within two to three weeks, I've quickly recognized that that was just talk, right? <laughs> and the owner was a dictator, essentially. And so I quickly exited stage left. <laughs> I, I left. I said, bye. I she left. She left, y'all. She left. For me, it, that job did not align with my core values. If I'm going to make some changes, if you're hiring me to be a change maker, I will gladly do that. But that's going to require some pressure. That's going to require some, some, you're going to have to say yes to some things that you never said yes to before. And if you're really not ready to do that, then I can't be here because at the end mm. of the day, I knew that your values didn't align with mine. And you mm. said that you were looking to make some changes, but you didn't. So, you know, for all the change makers out there, listen, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm with you <laughs> in spirit. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Right. So we're going to actually wrap up, but we're going to do a, a fun segment on the show okay. called Build or Break. So we have two topics tonight, Rachel. I'm going to give you one. Kylie's going to give you the other. And you tell us, does it build or break the Black community? Okay. And, right. and why? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with the first one. Um, as As you probably know, um, Beyonce released her Ivy Park collection um, today, in fact, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we know that we Look, are also in the middle of a pandemic. Uh-huh. We also know that the national unemployment rate right now is at seven, 7.9%. So do you think that, you know, her doing that now is breaking or building the community? So I'm pretty biased when it comes to Beyonce. <laughs> and so there will probably never be something that I say that she breaks the, okay. the Black community. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I always think that anyone who is building Black wealth at the same time um, as, as pers- like, she is, she's investing. So let's, let's, let me tell you guys a little bit about Beyonce. So at, she just, <laughs> yeah, she just put out her Ivy Park line. That's accurate, right? Of course, yes. If you have the money, go ahead and and do it. I I love Beyonce. I didn't buy it because oh, you didn't buy it. I don't need to. I don't need it. I don't need the Ivy okay. line. It's just okay. something I don't need. But I okay. I still love Beyonce. But we didn't. She didn't get a lot of press for what she did two days before that, right? So she just did her second round of grants, partnering with NAACP and Be Good, and that is to minority. Oh, actually, not even minority black businesses. Mm-hmm. So those are grants specifically going to our community. So yeah, Ivy Park got a lot of hoopla. Yeah, that's great. But let's talk about what she did before that. And so she is someone who's consistently giving back, and she's not looking for the accolades, any of that stuff. It comes, yes, of course, because she is Beyonce, but it doesn't get that as much press as everything else. And so I will always promote her and talk about who she is because for me you know ain't no better so so you so you're saying that she she's building she is building building. okay perfect all right our next one Mm. so the ellis's uh deval and kadeem ellis uh they're the hosts of the dead ass podcast and so you know they're a couple that is you know, they're, they're becoming a part of the culture, the cultural conversation, their relationship goals, people love them. And last week, the, the, the gist of the conversation was 
DeVal was asking his wife, if you knew that there were going to be times where you didn't want to have sex, you were going to be tired having sex, or, you know, you, you didn't want your husband to have full access to your body, then why did you get married? And, or why did you ask for monogamy? And so they have this whole conversation around that and people are siding with him and some people are siding with her. And what I see in that conversation, maybe you can't speak to it because you didn't see the clip though, was just yeah, but we got we got to hear her opinion. Dynamics and Marvin, yeah, yeah. you kind of felt yeah. the same way, right? Yeah, um, but but not so. I'm not asking specifically okay. about that clip, but them as a so couple, I so I used to follow to whether them. they build or break. <laughs> um, like I think I used to follow them maybe about a year or two okay. ago, and I stopped following them. And the <laughs> it, right, interesting enough. So the reason why I stopped following hmm. them was just I felt like it was only about one aspect of their relationship. Mm. I felt like, which was sex. That was it. <laughs> like, that's it. Which I, I was felt, what? I didn't feel like oh. it was a multifaceted <laughs> okay. relationship there. Um, and so I said, not for me, dog. I'm good. Like, oh, wow. so I, although I haven't spoke, I haven't heard the clip. Like, I'm pretty sure I can understand what the gist is and what he, like how he thinks. Um, because I did follow them for a while. Um, yeah, so I just, I <laughs> I mm-hmm. think that a woman, um, married or not, right, like, should be able to have some say-so of whether or not they want to have sex, right? Like, I don't see, I, I will never say a woman can't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as a couple, they need to speak through, speak about what is, permissible like you know and what how compromise on how they're going to engage in that part of their relationship mm. and so for them as a couple for me is breaking mm. <laughs> break okay <laughs> sorry don't at me okay huh because because I because think i think because breaking because you said because it's, what? it's an unhealthy dynamic i feel mm. like they can they they focus on only one part of their relationship to the public like maybe their maybe their relationship is multifaceted cool but like mm-hmm. it's so sex forward that you can't see anything else like a, for me a couple goals would be like kevin on stage and his wife they talk mm-hmm. about sex they talk I mean, me too they talk about sex they talk about everything yeah it's not I love just them. It's, it's just it's a whole relationship it feels like they are complete Okay, Rachel. Well, thank you so much for just joining us and sharing this wealth of information. Where can our listeners find you, those small business owners that are on the cusp of yeah, growth and need follow help me with on, HR um, Instagram, and management? My Where Instagram can find is you? Rachel R. Ramsey. Um, or you can go to my website directly. It is measured-hr.com. Um, but yeah, I love, I love to speak to my Instagram followers. So please hit me up on there. I not only show you know, a lot about HR and, you know, what you can do in the workplace, but I, I, I make some really delicious food too. So, you know, <laughs> Come take a look at it. Yes. <laughs> still in the kitchen. <laughs> she throws down in the kitchen. If you enjoyed this episode of the Building Black Podcast, we need your help. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, let us know what you think. And as always, share it with a friend. We love you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.